Welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I post questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best. Follow along on social media under the handle Space and Reason. In this episode, let's discuss light as it pertains to your health and happiness, home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. We're covering all the bases today. Natural light is essential to our happiness and sense of well-being. It gives you a feeling of peace and serenity. There are many types of lighting to discuss here, the natural kind and the man-made kind. It's a major contributor to the atmosphere you create within your home. Light as it pertains to your mood is an interesting topic. There's a growing number of physicians, researchers, and health policymakers that are learning more about the effects of light being linked to health, similar to the necessity of regular exercise, a healthy diet, and sleep. Bulbs that lean in the blue and bright white direction suppress melatonin five times more than an orangey yellowish bulb. In 2016, the U.S. National Toxicology Program hosted a workshop, and they explored researching links to exposure of artificial light at night to sleep problems, weight gain, depression, cancer, and heart disease. The American Medical Association issued a statement expressing concerns that the LED lamps many cities have installed in their streetlights, in addition to our tablets, phones, and TVs, could contribute to the risk of chronic disease. Do you have a streetlight outside your bedroom window? Many of us do. I do. Light is the most important synchronizer of your internal sleep clock, so exposing yourself to the same blue light at night on your e-reader or from anywhere sends the same message to our brains as early morning natural light And that means the brain stops pumping out drowsiness-inducing melatonin. And when that happens, it causes you to have a hard time getting or staying asleep, especially if you do this to yourself night after night. Another study suggests teenagers may be even more sensitive. What does this mean for us and our homes? Let's examine the lights in and around our homes to make sure we aren't causing our own insomnia. Windows and artificial light together combine to help us function and do what we need to do every day and night. I suggest using wider hue light bulbs in the kitchen if you have overhead lights and a warmer hue in the dining room on a dimmer so when company comes over, you can create an evenly lit, relaxing evening with just the right ambiance. 
But when you're in full cook mode, making Christmas cookies or whatever, you can have ample bright lights for the work being done without straining your eyes. The lower the temperature of the light, the more cozy and homey it feels. This is something often you don't even notice if it's done correctly. All you're aware of is that the space feels so good. Go into your kitchen and look up. Do you have different lights connected to different switches? I recommend having recessed lighting with a brighter bulb that you can turn on when it's food prep or project time. And then another set could be like under the cupboards or shelving, creating downward lighting onto your countertops. And this can be warmer to match the drop lights that may be above your island or at your bar if you have those things. Dimmers can be on the dropped lights as well. Next, go into your bedroom and see if you have a street light weaseling its blue light into your bedroom. And if you do, make sure you have window coverings that can shield the light when you start powering your body down at dusk. Shutting out the blue light at this hour, way before your actual bedtime, mimics an electricity-free world. Your body can begin to transition to nighttime physiology, where melatonin levels rise, body temperatures drop, and sleepiness naturally grows. Next, I want to talk about lighting as it pertains to home functionality. There are three general categories for lights. Ambient, task, and accent lights. Ambient gives us the ambiance. It's generally the way the room is lit. Task lighting is often more focused in one spot or in one area, and accent lights are used to draw attention to art or perhaps a tree even if it's used outdoors in your landscaping recipe. Observe the artificial light in your home. Lighting is everything. If you only take away one thing, this is the one thing I want to sink in. Get your lighting right. Consider this puzzle carefully. It is an art. It can make your living room feel cold and unwelcoming, somewhat like a surgery suite at the hospital, lit so brightly with cool, intense light that you just want to run in the other direction or to surgery. Alternately, it can sink away into the background because the room just feels right. It feels warm and inviting, an ideal place to hang in for long periods of time. It's, it's flattering when it's done right. Why does everyone look photoshopped? That's your subconscious mind responding to the lighting. It's best to have several small light sources, ideally with dimmers, rather than one bright light blasting out of the center of the ceiling. Many pockets of warm light creates a calm blanket for the entire room. Your goal should be to create these intimate areas of light around the room in at least three different spots. Maybe one is a floor lamp and the third might be two sconces with candlelight together making one source. Not all of them need to be turned on at once, but if they are, can you imagine a party in this space where people are able to sit and chat and share stories similar to the feeling you get when you're around the campfire chatting it up with people you love? 
I understand there are spaces that don't have room for a floor lamp and possibly not for a table lamp either. So you might ask, how do I achieve the same effect without the square footage? Luckily, we live in a time with the interwebs and they give so many more options. I've found wall-mounted lights that do actually plug in and don't require being hardwired. You can mount them just above your shoulder as if there were a table there after all. This keeps the aesthetic clean and minimal while still giving you that lower warm pocket of light. No matter if it's wall-mounted or a floor lamp that you're searching for, don't forget to be slow and methodical about it. Don't buy one you like. Wait until you find one that you love. This should be a long-term purchase. Dive into the rabbit hole of Pinterest and see what's out in the world. Shop online at some of your favorite stores to first see what your choices are. Imagine how those choices would fit in with what you have. Do you want something modern, something minimal, or something that's a showstopper and draws attention? Maybe you want one that fits in and just goes unnoticed. Feel free to jump over to my Pinterest account, also under the handle at Space and Reason. I have lots of categories there to peruse. Now let's focus on the light bulbs themselves. The rule of thumb is the lower the temperature of the light, the more comfortable you will feel. Now, that's not to suggest you need to be functioning in the dark, but a warmly lit room embraces you. It encourages you to linger, slow down, breathe more deeply. I'm a huge fan of dimmer switches. The more you can control the mood in your home, the less stressful it will feel. If you want to change the energy to lure your family in for dinner, just drop the lighting down a bit, turn on some Billie Holiday radio by Pandora, and in they will come. If you're changing gears to tackle a big science project in the kitchen, let's say, you can turn the dimmer up full blast. There are many options for long-lasting and dimmer-friendly bulbs these days, thankfully. For a quick minute, let's go over terminology so we're speaking the same language. Watts are the amount of power a bulb consumes. If you've made the switch to LED bulbs, you should be more concerned with lumens instead of watts. Incandescent bulbs, old-fashioned bulbs, use far more power than LED bulbs. For example, a 60-watt incandescent bulb emits less light than a 60-watt LED bulb. So if you were to replace a 60-watt old-fashioned bulb with an LED, you'd be looking for about an 8-watt or 12-watt LED bulb to get the same brightness. The color of the bulb is denoted by a Kelvin rating, Kelvin with a K. It's usually between 2,700 and 6,500. And you'll see a descriptive name typically on the packaging since not everyone knows what a Kelvin rating equates to, such as soft white or daylight. Here's a breakdown of light bulb color temperature descriptors. Usually you will see soft white, warm white, bright white, and daylight. When choosing light bulbs for a room, 
think of what you normally do in that space and buy bulbs for that purpose. Now, that means if you see a 16-pack of bulbs on sale, do not buy them, assuming all bulbs are created equal. The comfort level of your home depends on you choosing the right color bulb for each space, and they will be different. Here's a problem I want you to know about so you can avoid. With an old-fashioned incandescent bulb, dimming is simple, since the brightness of the bulb is directly related to the voltage applied. The same isn't true with LEDs, however. If you use an LED bulb with an incandescent dimmer switch, you may find that it either doesn't turn on at all, only works at 100% brightness, turns on but hums or buzzes, so annoying, or flickers at a specific dimmer level. There's also a chance that the LED works fine but shuts off below a certain brightness level. LED bulbs are more complex, but just because one LED bulb is just fine with one type of dimmer, that doesn't ensure it will work with others. The good news though, don't want to be Debbie Downer here, is that LEDs are dimmable, but they will be labeled as dimmable on the packaging. So if it doesn't say dimmable, assume it isn't. While some LEDs work with your existing dimmers, it's suggested that when you upgrade to LEDs, you should also upgrade to LED-specific dimmers. Don't lose sleep over this, but if you're installing new dimmers anyways, know that you can choose LED-specific ones. Next, let's have a look at your windows during the day with all of your lights off. And notice the natural light that comes in. Where does it fall? How much are you covering or blocking your windows? I find it so interesting that when I show people homes as a realtor, they often comment that they love so many large windows, but sometimes then I think out of habit, they move in and proceed to cover them. Do you cover your windows with drapery and blinds because that's what you've always done? Let the light in. There are ways to achieve privacy without hanging a black velvet cloak over your window. I touched on this topic some in episode four. There's many ways to introduce more natural light into your home, such as swapping heavy curtains for sheer panels, placing a mirror opposite your windows to reflect light back into the room. Top-down, bottom-up blinds also allow the light to come through at the top while still giving you the privacy you require at the bottom. Or even, we have half-height wood shutters, and those are also a beautiful choice. If you haven't yet listened to episode 4, there's more there, so go have a listen. And now, for your weekly questions. Grab a pen and paper. Questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Number one, do I have bright white bulbs in or around my bedroom where I sleep? This would be 4,000 to 6,500 Kelvin with a K. This is the white and blue tone bulbs. It should have a number next to the letter K on the bulb if you're not sure. Question two, is your living room lit 
to give you comfort and pleasure that comes from being in good company in front of the fire with something delicious? Or when hosting a gathering, do people never even make it to your living room? Could this be because your lighting isn't right? Question three. What room are people drawn to in your home the most when you have a gathering? How is it lit? And do you have any floor lamps or table lamps? Question number four. Do you have more than one lighting recipe for your kitchen and family rooms? You should. Because your kitchen can move from a major project like canning peaches or making jam to hosting a dinner party, there should be a version of lighting that is bright white and then an alternate version where you can shut down those bright lights and turn on something more warm and calm. And this makes two different lighting options for two different purposes. I added family room in there because at our house, we have a small space upstairs. It's kind of in the landing area. And that is what we call our family room. It is essentially flex space. And we use that sometimes for puzzles. Sometimes we work on our son's project together up there or sometimes we're just hanging and relaxing. So I like to have a ceiling light option that's more bright and lamps as an alternate option when we wanna just hang. Question five, instead of window treatments, where can you incorporate window film or greenery outside even to shield the neighbors or passerbys from seeing into your home? For higher windows, sometimes you don't even need window treatments at all. I made this suggestion in episode four, but it's worth repeating because light is so important. Let's talk about it as it pertains to aesthetics. I have walked into homes before and every single light bulb is a bright white LED no matter what the room. I feel like I'm being assaulted when I walk in. I wanna turn around and leave. I see every smudge on the trim or light switch plates and I'm only focused on getting the heck out. I don't see the furniture or anything beautiful. I'm just very aware of how uncomfortable I am. There are two kinds of light. There is bright, wonderful light because of a large bank of windows. And then there is uncomfortable light coming from bulbs in the wrong spectrum. Lighting is everything. Do you have lamps or do all your lights come from the ceiling? If all your light comes from the ceiling, I would recommend getting a floor lamp or a table lamp or two. It brings the light down physically, but also it's not blasting right into your eyes. It starts somewhere in the middle of the room and ideally aims where the reader needs it. I have two candle holders on the wall flanking our fireplace. They hold candles that look real but run on rechargeable batteries. They come on every evening when it gets dark and run for five hours before automatically turning off. They make the ambiance exquisite in the winter. 
Fireplaces are also cozy makers, but you know this already. I have a little story for you. I have a friend in the city who lives in an old building with about, mm, I'm going to say 600 square feet of living space or so. She and I were at a terrarium making class and we spotted a fireplace hearth that had been used for staging. It was for sale. And for the longest time she had wished she had a fireplace, but she wasn't one for spontaneous purchases and she hesitated. But she was there with me, so I brought on the sales pitch. Ginger, trust yourself. You've known for a long time you've wanted a fireplace, and you even told me about how you would stage it for Pete's sake. It's a great price, and you don't often come across fireplace hearths for sale anyways. And she said they can deliver it for a small charge, so let's do this. I'm happy to report that after many deep breaths and staring at it for a while, she bought it. And Ginger has a lovely fireplace in the top floor of a building that actually has no fireplaces. Here is the beauty of what she did. She filled the inside of the opening where the logs would go with a mirror and then stacked candles in front of the mirror that actually could be lit. The candles reflect in the mirror and they became double, essentially, visually. During the evening, when it's dark, the area where the mirror is, of course, is dark as well. And then when the candles are lit, you would never imagine it's not a real fireplace. It elevates the feel of the entire room with that wonderful, warm, yellow glow. She is one of my most talented friends when it comes to aesthetics. So even if you're telling me that you don't have a fireplace, you can still imagine something creative and then make it happen for yourself. Lighting as it pertains to automation. Oh my, we live in an interesting time when our lights can be automated. And I must say, I love it. Color temperature is one of the reasons smart bulbs are such a convenience. Instead of buying bulbs specific to a room or activity, you can change the color of the lights through an app. If you need a daylight color to read by, but don't want to sacrifice the cozy warm light when you're not reading, you can put a smart bulb in that bedside lamp, which allows you to change the color to daylight when you're reading and then make a softer and warm hue for the nighttime ambiance. Philips Hue Color Changing Bulb works with just about every platform out there. Google Nest, um, Samsung Smart Things, IFTTT, Amazon Echo, Wink, all of them. Now that we've discussed dimmers and smart lights, let me throw a curveball at you. <laughs> smart bulbs are not meant to work with dimmer switches of any type. They have a built-in dimming mechanism that will conflict with a wall-mounted dimmer and cause the bulb to flicker, hum, or just simply not turn on. It's best to use the app or remote that came with it to dim it instead. Did you get that? They do dim, they just don't need a dimmer because they are smart enough to dim through the app. Now, I wanna let you in on a little secret of mine. When I was originally thinking of doing a podcast, this is one of the main things that I get so geeked out on. 
It's like the best thing ever. I have recessed lighting in my living room. It's one bulb on either side of my fireplace. And those two are connected to one switch. I love houseplants. Like as in, I'm not the cat lady, I'm the plant lady. Like it's that serious. At one point in time though, I couldn't keep a plant alive to save my life. Through a ton of trial and error, I discovered that when I put grow lights into those two sockets, magically my plants became the lush beauties they are today. I have one wall of windows. Seriously, I thought I should have plenty of light for my plants. I thought wrong because the bulbs made all the difference. They sell grow lights in the form of light bulbs, and they aren't the long shop lights you might be envisioning in your head. They sell them at most big box stores, hardware stores, whatever. Just look for a grow light and make sure the circumference is smaller than your recessed socket. Part of my husband's routine in the morning is to make coffee and turn on the grow lights every day. Lastly, I want to discuss night lights. They can fall under the automation category because the ones I'm most fond of are called guide lights by a company called Snap Power. You literally replace your electrical outlet with theirs. Built into the bottom of the outlet are tiny little sensors and a night light that automatically comes on when it gets dark. They draw power directly from the outlet without taking up any space like a traditional plug-in nightlight that uses one of your outlets. I like them in the hallway, in between the bedrooms and bathrooms, so your kids and guests don't have to turn on any lights in the middle of the night to see where they're going. They're also handy in the bathroom for the same reason. They are wonderful if you have small children, making the home less spooky And they light the way if you're making your way to the baby's room, often in the middle of the night. They are subtle, tasteful, and extremely low on energy usage, costing less than 10 cents per year to power. And you install them yourself, no electrician needed. Working on dialing in your lighting is a big step towards making your home feel more homey. We are enabling ourselves to have the elevated experiences that we know our homes are capable of. If you're enjoying geeking out with me on home functionality and you'd like more, sign up for my email newsletter called Little Bits of Home Functionality. It comes just once a week and is intentionally short. You'll see one video that has a tip trick or poses questions for you to think through about your space and your reason for the link sign up in the podcast notes and follow along on social media by searching for the handle space and reason what you focus on grows what is your self-talk like this week what positive mantra are you intentionally running on repeat I am constantly learning and I am proud of myself. By focusing on uplifting ideas and tweaking your home one tiny step at a time, 
you're moving towards increasing your home's functionality while decreasing areas of stress. Why? You're making more time for joy and addressing the areas that rub you the wrong way. Have you held yourself accountable for the action points in the previous episodes? You'll only make real progress with honest to goodness action, one baby step at a time. If you need to re-listen to them, you go do that. Give yourself permission to make your home a better place, a place that encourages you and your family to be the very best versions of yourself. Honestly, I almost didn't get this podcast out today. The last four days, I've been suffering from a pretty bad cold and I wasn't sure if my voice was going to hold up. But I know how much positive feedback I've been getting from you. I've had people asking when the next episode will be available. So here I am giving 100%, which is what I always expect out of myself. Everyone who knows me personally knows I don't do anything halfway. So listen, in return, I'm going to ask a favor. Would you mind rating this podcast? It actually matters, although I wish it didn't. I sure appreciate your effort there. If you'd like to hire me as your home coach or as your realtor, and you happen to live in the greater Metro Portland, Oregon area, reach out to me through social media or my website, spaceandreason.com. Thanks for listening and telling your friends about this podcast. Have a great day and I'll be back here soon.